not like one-on-one personal training uh, you know what i'm saying i don't trust personal trainers no i say the top three people most likely to be date rapists are uh date rapists personal trainers and photographers oh shit except for my friends that are photographers those dudes are straight yeah, i was gonna say what do you think about adam adam's fucking one of my best friends he's the man great photographer and he's yeah, not a date he rapist man. he's a good dude so. But I'm just speaking in generalities, of course. That's what we do yeah, on Damage yeah. Good, Sean. We generalize the fuck out of shit. We don't pinpoint nothing. No, I'm joking. I <laughs> no, but uh, that's, I think the um, constant exercise keeps you energized. Yeah, dude. I mean, for me personally, I mean, I, I, I've battled some, some mental depression issues over the years, and I haven't gone through the expo shit. I need to, I need to work out to keep my mental clear, focused, and in the right positive mind state. It's definitely been shown and proven that the endorphins that get moving from exercise and moving your moving your body in general, even if it's just yeah. walking, yeah, getting uh, the heart rate up a little hooks bit, your, hooks your mood up, dude. Hundred percent. That was one of the biggest things that I used to combat depression uh, was was maintaining my like physical exercise and routines of using my body. Yeah, know? absolutely. Um, but that's I mean, shit, it's it's an important thing to have something. Something you can do with your use your body, whether you know, like surfing, or even you skateboard a lot, or hitting the gym those four, five, six yeah. days, yoga, whatever the fuck, dude. You golf. go walk, golf, golf, Johnny's. Yeah. The uh, this big bad golfing Tiger Woods ass motherfucker <laughs> is a good friend of mine. He is a well, he's not a damaged goods alum. You're a Russian souvenirs podcast alum, yeah. which is my old podcast for you people to recognize. But he is on damaged goods now. This dude's an accomplished drummer, accomplished musician, producer, um, and he's a wild individual who's walked on the spiritual side of things dude my man john george aka johnny five yes hello. john george is back up, my man happy and to be back Round thank two. you and uh for those who might not have heard this podcast uh the, the first time johnny was on was one of the episodes where i got the some of the most feedback dude i, th- I told you this already don't yeah. get your don't get your head i saw no, you no, smiling no. johnny don't get your head gassed up <laughs> well, terry no, saw mean, that too you, you know, saw it I, I, i'm honored yeah. i'm honored to but, be a part of that but with the episode that you were on i got a lot of people some i knew and some i didn't know a lot of mainly people that worked in the arts and in music and, and, and shit like really like wow man that, i really needed that episode that made me feel good you know he, he, he was he was talking about stuff that i'm going through i'm thinking about and all these frustrations and just to summarize so we don't you know, beat around the bush and, and keep talking about um, this shit without letting you know. When Johnny was on, when you were on before, we were Johnny and I were talking about. Um, Johnny was a, a member of this band, Audible Mainframe, a really great band, Boston-based, then LA-based for years. And uh, you know, I've shared stages and hotel rooms with these guys and shit. And they were fucking doing their thing and making big strides and um, kind of at the apex of their career their front man and johnny's good friend and a friend of mine uh expo victor passed away real suddenly of cancer and it took i know it took a toll on johnny and the whole band and we kind of talked about like life after music not to say that johnny abandoned music altogether but you know being so busy and enthralled and enrolled in that music career and then losing people and having a different view on motivation and ambition and then that kind of leading into a spiritual quest johnny took with uh some ayahuasca and you know you guys know i, I dabble in that realm quite often and johnny's sister uh kind of helped bring him in that realm and that was what the episode was about so anyway shut shut up Jake. anywho yeah but um since since we talked about that last i know you and i've kicked it many a time yes, have sir. you um you've been doing music again yeah a little bit you know i've been dabbling with uh just producing for myself, you know, I, for a little while I was trying to be in bands or was, was was in some bands, but I just hadn't really totally gotten through the process of, of losing what I had and I just needed some time to, to figure that out. And I think at the beginning of last year, I got to this point of like, why am I not doing something that I have been around and that I've that I know how to do? I've been, I've been around the music making process, the creative process, the recording process since I was like, I don't know how old you are in seventh grade. I started playing guitar in seventh grade and then I switched to drums in high school. And I'm like, I know how to do all this stuff. Why am I not doing it now? And so I just decided to, to start doing it again for myself. I don't have any purpose. I don't have any any motive of like putting it out or making money off of it. It's just for me really. But uh, you know, if someone wanted to use it, 
place it somewhere or whatever, fucking go for it. You know, it's it's more for me than anything else. I think that's, I mean, when you're an artist of any kind, like that's how you get into it, right? Whatever, whether you're painting pictures, you're dancing, dances, you're singing songs, whatever you're doing, you, you get into it first because you love it, right? You, you, it, it, yeah. it scratches some itch, it provides gratification for your soul, expression, whatever. And then if you're good and you keep progressing, Eventually, you want to do it more and more, and then you want to get to a point where you're doing it and can pay the bills, and you know having a career, and that's where you're at. And then a lot of people have been there. I've I've been there kind of myself, and I shared that about this with you. With it's like you can at some point along these lines, especially when you're working hard and you're working with a lot of other people who have the same goals and passions, and you're all trying to succeed, and we kind of for, kind of lose sight of what the the definition of the word success even means to us. Yeah, but we just want to keep progressing. And sometimes you're doing things in music and all arts where it's not always for yourself. And, it, and, and, and like, that's what happened to me. It's like, I, I, I fucking, I was doing it for myself, but I wasn't doing it for myself, really. I was making right. records that I knew were going to appease people that were behind me, that were helping me, that was going to help excel my career, things like that. But it wasn't gratifying. Right. You yeah, know? I always told myself that when it's no longer fun, that's, that's when it's time to stop. And it got to that point for me. You know, a few years ago when we, I was I was playing in this sort of like reggae rock project or whatever, and it was just like it just it was fun because I was doing it with friends, but really at the core of it, I was like, it wasn't I'm, your passion? Yeah, this isn't really satisfying my soul, and so I stopped. And you know, a year ago, I you know after you know that that the spiritual journey that you've talked about is sort of an ongoing process. You know, it's sort yeah, of, yeah. it never ends. That's and. Good point. Uh, you know, a year ago, I just had this epiphany of like, why am I not playing music anymore? Why am I not creating music anymore? And so um, I, I discovered that love and that passion for it again, but mm. on a different level. You know, I don't need to be out performing for crowds and playing drums and being on stage. I'm happy doing it in the privacy of my own apartment, just producing and using Vic's acapellas and chopping them up and making something new out of them. Yeah. And... We know wherever it goes. If, if no one ever hears it for the rest of life, so be it. But it's it's satisfying me, and that's really all I give a fuck about. It kind of brings you full circle, you know, brings you back to the way you started and the way you got into it. Yeah, and I sure. went through a similar journey, and it feels so much better when you're doing it for those reasons. And it feels so good that you don't care about who's hearing it, making, you know, this much headway, playing these showed out shows or selling tickets or what, you know, like you don't even care about that because you're totally doing it for the most pure reason of enjoyment. Yeah, um, totally. And it's, it's so weird. Like, do you, did you think that spiritual journey helped you re reinvigorate that love inside of you? Did it, did it kind of help you find that ambition to, to play for yourself for fun? I probably contributed to it in some way. You know, I mean, that was that experience was a was very early on in my in my journeys. Yeah, and uh, in a lot of ways, freaked me out more than anything. But I, when I've had it, you know, when when I was on the first podcast, I think that was fresh off of that experience. I think it was two weeks removed from that. Yeah. That it's Iowa a different mental journey. state you're dealing yeah, with. Yeah. I had, I've had time to like really sit with it and it's sort of resonated a little bit deeper. And I think it absolutely contributed to, to me discovering music again on some level, but, uh, you know, it's tough to tell if that was the factor, you know, I think it's just a, a contributor to it. Yeah. I, I, I think that's some with, you know, spiritual healing medicines like ayahuasca and, uh, I've kind of said this to other people who ask me about it or, or have opinions about it without having experienced it. It's like, you know, it, it's a contributing factor. It's it's not like always the clean cut. God, I'm stumbling on my... Terry, clean it up. I'm stumbling on my words like a motherfucker. Um, it's not like a clear cut thing you can say, that was the tipping point, right. but it contributes to it. But that's a lesson I get out of it. You know, some people always think like, oh, or they'll ask me, why, Jake, why you do it so much then if it's so great, if he heals you? And I, you know, I haven't really done it that much in comparison to people I know. But what, do you take aspirin once and you, your back never hurts? That prescription right. medicine the doctor gives you, do you take it once? And your anxiety and stress and depression is gone, or do you take it every fucking day? Yeah. Those greens you eat for nutrients, do you just eat lettuce and kale once? It's like, no, we have to do this a lot. I'm not saying you need to drink this shit every week or every month, or only when it calls you. I just took, I just had a ceremony uh, last week, mm -hmm. and or uh, you know when you guys hear this, it'll probably be like two weeks ago. I hadn't been to one in like six months, which is probably the longest I've gone since 
I began drinking it, and it's and I didn't really feel the need to for a while, but I I felt it this time. You know, it's when it calls you, but it's like it's not that it's gonna make you do one thing. It's not gonna say, okay, John, get back in the fucking studio, get back on those drums. It, it's not like it does that, although it can do that for some people. I've seen it do that for sure. people with addictions and shit, but it, it's not the contributing factor. It, it's leading you to do other things in your life that helps foster the the energy to wanna get back into the music, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's just one thing that helps. And it's like, you don't go to like the church, right? There's this line, man, Jay Electronic has this line, this lyric, and I don't know where he got it, maybe it's an old proverb, but I love it, it's so applicable to what you and I are talking about, and I use it in life all the time. His lyric is, the church you go to pray in it, the work is on the outside. It's like, you can't just go to an ayahuasca somebody drink that and be like, all right, everything's gonna be fine, it's changed. You still yeah. have to put forth intention and ambition. You still have sure. to want to play music. You still have to want to do better. You know, you can't just go to church and pray and be like, okay, please God, you know, I hope I get this job and you get it. You still gotta go and try to get that fucking job, dude. Do your little resumes, yeah, whatever, it whatever. It takes a little bit of effort. You gotta, do, you gotta give something into yeah. it beyond just showing yeah. up. But that means you had, you still had that ambition of love and you had other driving forces that made you want to yeah, do it. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's a like helping I said, hand. Like I said, this is something that, I, that I've been around for the majority of my life and I just needed something to help kind of push me back onto the side of loving it again. And, you know, that probably had, had a little bit of a push as, as other things did. But, uh, you know... To, to piggyback off of things that you said, like everyone has their own journey too. I mean, yes, it's you. You go to a ceremony and it's not like everyone's going to have the same experience. Yeah, it's it's your own path. It's your own journey. So when people were like, "Well, you so you went to one and now you're a changed man," like no, but maybe it takes several for you to really see a different light or take a different perspective on things. Maybe one journey is is all somebody needs. Yeah, I don't know, but like you said, it calls you and I and. Shortly after I did the first one, I felt like I, I felt like there was a calling to do another one. I, I didn't go, but since then I haven't really felt that call. And I, you know, if it, if, if I feel it again, yeah. I'll, I'll go. Yep. It's not like it freaked me out that badly where I'm like I can never do this again. I'm scared, but I just haven't felt that calling. I've I've felt like I'm in a, a better place in a lot of ways, yeah. and I feel good right now. Yeah, and that's there's two things I want to say about that. One that that shows you that this is not a drug. You know what I'm saying? A drug is something you might want to do more often. This is something you 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 feel like to do it when it calls you, and then you don't want. You have no desire to. The other thing is, is like you, what you're talking about. What you seems like you were dealing with is something I was wrestling with recently, as in many times in life is is this idea of resistance in uh, psychoanalysis and psychotherapy. They call this a resistance. So it was like. You know, you, you, you were in this place where after this terrible loss of your friend and, and then the band kind of disbanding and trying to regroup and just, you know, feelings just all fucked up in the game, for lack of a better word. You know, you, you've developed a, a resistance to doing the thing, like you said, that you love, right? Like, I've been not wanting to write lately, like, and I want to write. It's like so much fun, whether I've used it for anything or not. And, and I've been like resistant. And now that last ayahuasca ceremony I went to, I even called my boy who kind of got me into this shit and telling other people. And I was like, yo, I'm just, I'm kind of freaked out. Like I'm not freaked out, but I'm nervous or anxious. I just don't want to go. I'm being resistant. And, it's, and I know it's going to be good for me. I know I want to, just like I want to write, just like you want to play music. Mm -hmm. But I was resistant to it. And sometimes, and I don't know why this is, and I, but I deal with it a lot. It's like I'm resistant to do things I know are gonna fucking make me happy. Like I wanted to do certain things yesterday and today, like in my free time writing, doing stuff, but I was like, no, nah, you know what? You gotta go grocery shopping. You gotta go do these errands. Like I was self-imposing these rules. Ain't no fucking grocery shopping, fucking death squad putting a gun to my head. Like I didn't have to do these other errands and running around, but I was like, well, that's play because it makes you feel good, right? So you've got to do things you don't first, like some fucking Catholic guilt trip. But that resistance shit is, is real, man. We like we, we fight from doing what we really want to do that's actually going to help us the most. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the first night I did it, you know, my, my ceremony was two nights, and I, my body resisted, which is why it's such a bad experience on I mean, night like, one. It's like what, my, you mean just puking and pooping? Well, that and, and the experience that I had, like the Oh, yo, it journey, fucks you up, though. The whole that first time was, was a sign of my body resisting the yeah. medicine. And the, the shaman the next day was like, it was like, you can't resist. You have to allow yeah. your body to just accept it. And then that was what helped have the second night and the the, the, the blissful experience. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it was a journey, man. That was that was some shit. So you haven't gone back since then, no? I have not, no. Has your sister? No. Uh, well, any reason why she has or hasn't? 
We haven't really talked about she's it. She's done it before that time with you, right? She did it. She did it one time. She didn't end up doing it with me. She uh-huh. was supposed to. She got sick that week. It was almost like a weird universal sign. It's like I got to. I got to do this myself. Ah, look and, at you. And uh, so I went and did it myself. But she had done one ceremony prior to that years before. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Jake the Snake. Fun fact: I share the same birthday same as birthday. John's sister. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm not gonna tell you guys what it is. Actually, should I fuck it? Maybe if you guys send me some goddamn gifts, it's March 22nd. March 22nd. March 22nd. Hook up some gifts. Aries, right? Yeah, Aries. Uh, and a friend of our, Johnny's and I's also, my man Benny Blanco, Ben Peterson, he shares the same birthday as well. It's, it's weird. I, I know somebody that has a birthday from basically March 20th through the 27th. I think I know somebody Everybody. every single day for that week. I know someone that has a birthday. When's your birthday? November 10th. November 10th. Next year, November 10th. Send Johnny yeah. George some fun fucking gifts. Send me gifts. something cool. And you know, with, with gifts, dude, it's really, I know this sounds like a goddamn Hallmark card. It really is the thought that counts, at least with me. Like, dude, you could make me a little artsy, crafty thing. You just write a cute little note on a paper fucking tower like this, man. That shit's all I need. I don't need you to spend money. I don't even need you to give me money. Give, obviously, you hand me some cash. That's a nice gift because it's very uh, useful, right? It's, it, it applies to all your needs. But I'm really all about that thought. I'm a sensitive motherfucker. That's good to know. You know what I'm saying? It's good to know. So, that, yeah, so if you ever think about it. coming up quick. It, it is. It is. March 22nd, all you fucking faithful yeah. friends and family you got, listeners. You got a month. But like, yeah, even I tell like my girl or whoever it is, a family member, don't you don't don't get me nothing unless you see something that strikes your fancy in the way that oh, you know, I think Jake would like that. Like I see gifts for like people when I'm out on the road a lot, and I get them randomly, even for like the homies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yo, psh, dude, this made me think of you. It really comes from that thought, and that means more to me, like you know, uh, than than just like giving me or something. Like I don't need gifts for gifts. I just like the thought that you yeah, care. I feel you. Check on your fucking people. I man. feel you, Johnny. Ch- you know, check on your people, man. That's like that's. That's my motto going into into every day now. Just you know, like you you you, you, you gotta you, check on your. You people. talking about like things like going through depressive mood states and shit, and like we we got friends in our lives, or it, not only ourselves. We dealing with these things, and sometimes you know, I you know, we don't see our friends or family as much. And we're all busy and shit. Yeah, dude, tell me. Gotta reach it. out and all say. My, all, most of my friends have moved back east. You know, besides you and Blend and yeah. my sister and my boy Andrew and a few other people, like. Dude, we gotta kick him off. We gotta kick him off. You know what? I just got a a, a friend move from New York to to your neck of the woods. I can't tell everyone where Johnny lives. We don't want you crazy girls fucking, you know, scouring his building complex. (laughs) East side. Uh, East side. Yeah, I mean, yo, you wanna give him the address, baby? (laughs) Give him the address, dude. We can give it to him. But uh, but I'll be out in your neck of the woods more, and so we gotta right, like we gotta it. click up. I like it. And, but too. I mean, you know, when you go through those depressive mood states, and oh, you got friends you might be going through. You never know. Not all your sad friends are the always the ones going through it too. It could be strong friends, your quiet oh, friends. Yeah, absolutely. So just like hit them up, dude, because it's it gets sad right there. Tell man. them you love them. Yeah, yeah. If you do, because it's the thought that counts. Motherfucking right. Way to tie it in, Johnny <laughs> George. But I mean, you know, when you're going through those those depressive mood states, and shit, man. And you know what's funny? Like, okay, music helps you when you're feeling sad or depressed to make it and shit. Oh hell yeah. So what about that period when you weren't making music and you would go sad or depressed? You didn't have your fucking medicine, that music yeah, medicine. Yeah, I didn't have a creative outlet. You know, I had God, I had this conversation damn. with my therapist a lot about like he would always kind of get on me. He's like, you you have so much energy inside of you, you have like a lot of blockage and buildup, <coughs> and you need. An outlet. You need to get it out. He's like, it's not for me to, to tell you what to do, but if I could offer you some advice, you're a drummer. What better way to get your energy and your creative energy out than going and bashing on these drums? And I was yeah. like, you're right. You're right. I just don't feel the pull to do it. That's that weird resistance. Like, you know yeah. he's right. You know it has an effect. Yeah, like, it exactly. makes you feel really good and you can't do it. Like, that's the shit I've been dealing with, dude. Yeah. You can't do what's right in fucking front of me. Yeah, it was just too much for me. And, and at the same time, like, it was just... It was. A, it's not like I could just go home and pick up a guitar and just start playing it. Like for drums, I can't just go home and bang on drums. You don't, you don't got an electric drum set still? Uh, you don't I, like? You don't have the same. I do. Feel. It's just not the same. Yeah, you need. A and I need it. Like I, I had. To, I have to go like rent a space for an hour. It feels so like, contrived. Yeah, it's a process. It's not like oh, right now I need to let out some steam. It's like yeah, I'm yeah. gonna call Thursday from four to five and get yeah, it room. Exactly. That sucks. But now getting it out is in the form of just like producing stuff in my own apartment, and it's it's not playing drums like on a physical kit, but it's sequencing drums. Beats. It's playing guitars. It's playing synths. It's taking samples. It's whatever, but it's it's allowing me to get my creative energies out. 
And that's the biggest thing for me right now. Yeah, it's really, it's funny how good it feels to scratch that creative itch. And I always wonder like, to people who, and I have a lot of friends like this who aren't creatives. Not to say they're not ill or successful or smart or hard workers, they are. They just, they don't create things as much. They might curate things, big difference, or they just work in a different facet. But I like, I know how good it feels to create, whether it's it's music or writing or, or whatever you do. I love that feeling. I wonder what about the people that don't do that. I was like, what? What? I think they don't even know what that feels like, right? They don't know what that feels like, but I think that they, they in their minds, they have a a creative outlet that's way different than what we we would go to, like a business mind. It could be cooking. You know, Look, I see. I, I consider cooking an art. Oh, absolutely! My sister's a chef in Pittsburgh, and she's uh, fucking ill. Dude, I love cooking. Dude. I know you're the, so I know you're fun. The it's, chef. it's a really, it's a real fun way to let out energy, physical energy in the winter. The, which your therapist was suggesting playing the drums. Like you're creating something, but you're like using stuff. There's energy. There's fire. Yeah. Literally fire right there. Yeah, I think everybody has their. I mean, like I said, everyone has their cre- a creative outlet. It just comes in different forms. Yeah. It's it's so fucking healthy, and it's so weird that why would my mind not want to do a healthy thing for itself, and it knows it's healthy right there? Is it the same thing in our brain that says, like, yo, there's this big-ass pile of kale, but there's this fucking bag of Cheetos paws, dude? Way easier. <laughs> you don't even have to massage the kale with oil and salt and pepper. You know, you just crack just this bag open. Bag. You, it's, it's this weird thing, man. Do you ever get, um like, negative impulses to do things that maybe aren't good for yourself? You ever get that in your depressive mood states? If I may pry, oh, I mean, I I think so. Right? Yeah, I mean, trying to think, trying to think of an example of when that may have happened, but you, you, whenever you get in depressive mood states, I I feel like my mind just runs down like a dark alley. Oh yes, hello, old dark and alley. Fucking sucks, dude. Yeah, it it sends me down paths of things I know that are not right, but like, like I'll do things sometimes to that are bad and like, but mostly bad to myself. Like, you know, maybe it's like drinking too hard for a couple of days alone and like dis- not going out and drinking with your friends in the sun and having champagne and fun, like alone in a dusty ass dive bar playing like old classic rock or some shit. And yeah. you're doing fucking key bumps in the bathroom with some 45 year old redhead woman. And you're just drunk all day. Like that shit ain't, that shit ain't it. You know what I'm saying? And you're just hurting yourself and your body feels like shit. Now you don't want to go to the gym because you're yeah, too worn dude. up. And now you didn't go to the gym. So you feel like shit and the snowball continues. Or, or you know, I'll even do this where I'm not even... It doesn't have to be like drugs, alcohol. It's like, I'll go and, you know, I eat pretty healthy, right? You like you to do. take care of yourself. You eat pretty Absolutely. healthy. I'll be like walking by and I'll be like, you know, that's a fucking McDonald's. You know what? Fuck you, Jake. You suck. And I'll like punish myself by going and getting a sandwich that I would never get. I don't even like it. And I still don't even, I enjoy it for five minutes and then I, or two minutes or however long it takes me to eat it. And you and then, immediately regret it. Yeah, immediately physically regret it and emotionally, yeah. spiritually, the whole fucking nine. And it's like, I do these things to punish myself purposely. It's like crazy, man. It's like these negative impulses. Yeah, like I think it mostly happens with food for me, like like the McDonald's example. I don't necessarily go to McDonald's, but I will eat some shit. Yeah, I mean, I'll, it could have been anything there. Yeah. And I would have done it just to be like, fuck you. Yeah, I feel you. It's weird. It's like, but when I'm in a good mood or when, when I'm doing great, like I'm more apt to, to keep myself on that track. Like I've been eating damn healthy lately and like I'm feeling good. I'm not drinking lately. And uh, these are all temporary uh, sabbaticals. I'm not on some permanent shit. I feel you. But, I mean, I'm sitting here drinking a beer right now, but this is probably the f- um, third beer I've I'm had I'm breaking New Year's. broadcast fucking rules because that's what I do. I'm eating on my podcast. I've never done this on my podcast. So I never will again, but this is from my friend, Brendan Curran. If you listen to this one, he hates it when people my golf chew buddy. on him. Oh, yeah, she's got two golf. One of my golf buddies, yeah. I just did this for him. I won't, that was only one, I'm eating a date. So highly sugary <laughs> uh, fruit, but you only need one and then you're done because this shit is Satisfied. sweet. But that yeah, tell me, but dates probably lasted you like two months. Oh, early, at least. You know, dates are like, I think the highest count of sugar per fruit, you know, of any fruit. It's like almost double that of a banana. Not double, it's it's like a third more than that of a banana, which is a very yeah. high one. And avocado, technically being a fruit as well, has a lot of sugars. Um, yeah, a Interesting. Little, little food health facts. Yeah, I mean, you know I'm full of, of that shit. And you know, man. diet has a big part to play in like mood, what you eat and shit. You know, like if you eat a lot of shitty food, you feel shittier, you know? Oh, you feel horrible. I mean, we were talking about this before we went on the air here, but... I mean, between exercise and diet, like those two things, they go hand in hand. I mean, people always exercise and like, I exercise every day. Why am I not getting in better shape? It's because diet is more than exercise. Yeah, and and you got to... 
it's like a car. You can drive the car every day and work on the engine, but if the gas you keep putting in is shitty gas, dude, yeah. you know? And like one thing, you know, before you go to, I don't know if you had to do this, but in most ayahuasca ceremonies, you, you, they, they su highly suggest, strongly suggest that you adhere to a certain diet before and even afterwards, you know, with staying from certain foods and substances to allow your body to receive the most from the medicine and the experience. But it's like your body feels better and operates better when you have healthier shit in it and or, or just taking out the bad shit yeah. <laughs> excuse me and then so it's kind of like it's the same thing as i don't know it's just like getting your body right so your mind can get right so you're so you know it's all connected yeah i mean i i was adhering to that diet strictly that's the type of person i am though if they're like yeah. you have to do this before you do this yeah ceremony. it's like all right i guess i'm doing that yeah and I've, I've i've been like the fucking cocky idiot or asshole before and like the first many times I I was very strict by the diet. I've done dumb shit like I might have drank the day before, not got drunk, but I yeah. did. Or I slipped up and ate some like fried food, which you're not supposed to. Anything that clogs the bloodstream, shit, and done some dumb shit like that, and then still gone. And I didn't receive the best out of it. I think it's just really? that's more of a scientific reaction, huh. you know, a chemical reaction because it's going through your bloodstream. So if your bloodstream is clogged up, fried foods, dairy, and alcohol, those things clog your fucking blood up. So it's harder to get the the shit working through you. Interesting. So, so there's truth behind doing that diet. Yeah, prior. and I've I've heard people say like, oh, I did it, and I didn't experience anything. I think there's depends where you go to get it done. Like like who who what kind of ceremony was this? Is these people genuinely invested in in, in your benefit and well being and outcome, or are they just scheming you and playing you on the spiritual thing? Mm -hmm. Um, what the, the the quality of the brew of the of the tea itself? It's not even tea. It's a murky fucking liquid. <laughs> Oh, God, I, just got, like shit. I just gagged you, Johnny. I you, maybe you haven't done enough. I think about it, gagging, dude. Oh my God, it's like fucking molasses. Oh, God, I wish it was molasses. You wish it was molasses. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, the quality of the brew, how well it's made. There's different ways to make it, certain potencies. And then, did you adhere to this diet? Did anyone tell you to? Were you on prescription medication, SSRIs, antidepressants? Did they even ask you these things? So I think that contributes. Yeah. To Amen. Do you um, you know, I know you've been in the living room and producing and, and, and making music and doing that, do you miss being on stage or the live performance aspect? Because uh, you guys are touring so much, playing so many shows. Only sometimes? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, it's like a drug. Some, you That's know, why I love, I love drugs. I miss it. Yeah. I miss it for myself. I guess, I mean, I, I miss it <laughs> in the context of being on stage in front of a lot of people in a, in a dope room, yes. packed house. I don't miss the nights where you're playing for the bar staff. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. You know, it's like you especially for me. It's like as a drummer, I lug in all this equipment, all this yeah. gear, break it down, put it in my car, drive to the gig, take it out, set it up, play for nobody, break it down, it's take it back. Pain. It sucks. That shit sucks. Yeah, uh, I don't miss that. But the nights where we played like Sunset Strip Music Fest at yeah. a sold out Roxy or some it, shit, like yeah. I yeah. miss the shit out of that. Man, I like that was a big problem for me when I stopped performing live, doing music. And then I still had other creative outlets, man. I, was, I started writing stuff, like short stories. I started you know, podcasting, radio shows, doing other shit. I'd still play guitar and, and rap in the fucking house. But not being on stage, the rush I would get from that, I didn't think I valued it or understood the full power of it then until I didn't have it anymore. Like, you try getting off drugs, like, 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 like people, I got friends and family who got sober from whatever, you know, alcohol, heroin, opiates, cocaine, different yeah. things. Um, and like, it's a tough one, man, but like, God damn, dude, coming off that drug and it's kind of cold turkey. I mean, the last show you play, I think, you know, I tore it like I, for you, you guys kind of stopped abruptly, but no, I guess when it was, a, it was pretty, pretty abrupt. abrupt, right? Yeah. And then mine was kind of like slowly, I guess once I stopped doing blue gold, my shit kind of gradually turned into like pretty abrupt and it's like going cold turkey off a big drug, man. I don't, I, I'm surprised you didn't, I guess if I had to lug drums and set that shit up as much, I probably would have more of a resent toward it. Yeah, I mean, with the way that it ended so abruptly though, it was, it was more sadness resonating in my body than like, I need this drug, like, like a witch yeah, oh, you know what? on stage. True, yeah, like, like, like it, it, losing it, someone that close to you. And you share that moment with him all yeah. the time. That that thought of that moment on stage, that rush for you is always associated with him being there because you guys played for, together for how, how long were you guys together? In a band, because uh, Audible and then ten, I mean I think our our first album came out in like oh four, but before that we were still playing. Yeah. So I guess oh three technically that's a long time, man. And he passed away in two thousand twelve, so I mean yeah, almost ten years. And so yeah, I guess 
I could see how that association would be make make what was once so pleasurable and of a rush uh, kind of painful. Yeah, yeah, man. It was. I was actually talking about this with my therapist the other day because he asked me about like, do I want to be in another band or get back out there and play, play again like that yeah. on stage? I'm like, not. Re I mean, if opportunity presented itself, I would entertain it for sure. But like, really, it was about playing with that band with those guys. You know, and seeing Vic turn around on stage and just ha having that moment with him. Yeah. You know, we just had like a connection and a chemistry and an energy together as well as I had with everybody on stage. It's like, I I miss that and I want to do it with those guys, not with some random dudes I meet on Craigslist that are in a fucking <laughs> alternative rock band. Oh, God. Fucking hate. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to ever... You can never duplicate a, a relationship or a friendship or, or a connection, whether it was a musical one or a personal one with somebody. And and it's uh, you know so you generally try to like move forward not looking to replace that one but to find new ones and, and appreciate them for what they are. But when you have ones, they're so significant, so powerful, and so long lasting. It's fucking tough to yeah. to move especially after a that. musical connection because that's like an unspoken language. Yeah, like you can like look at somebody on stage and know what they're gonna do, and just improv on the fly, and it fucking works. And when it does, and when you catch that moment. It's that you can't really put into words what that's like. It's uh, it's amazing. I mean, it's fucking that's like unspoken said, language, it's a, like you said. It I is dig an unspoken that. Language. Yeah, it's, I like that. You, you connect with them mentally, and you're just on that wavelength with them, and then that leads to. I I remember at one point like we we were playing this one audible mainframe song called Money and Flash on the Transients, available on Spotify, Apple Music. Plug that shit, baby. Uh. And there was just like a breakdown on the song and like we just started jamming on some other thing during that breakdown and that just became what we did for all shows moving forward. So just to be able to improv like that and just have that unspoken language with your guys on stage, it's just like, it could lead to different songs, different ideas. It's just, it's just a, it's a special moment. And it's, it's one that, you know, you, you guys practice for and tune in to like the same wavelength and frequency for mentally, but it's also one that is, is, is natural too, in which you, no matter how hard you fine tune you something, when it's natural, you can't replicate that anywhere. And that's, oh, a no. tough, that's a tough thing to try to replace in your mind, you know? For sure. It's like, it's so weird, man. The, the, the rush that I used to get on stage, I loved it, man. I would like, after the shows, I know we, you know, you probably had someone sell merch and stuff, but I would even want to go help them sell the merch or people would come up to me talking yeah. and I loved the revel. I wanted to stay at the venue as long as I could because I was still feeling the energy. Even when I was off the stage, I could still feel that. That rush was like, fucking yeah, no drug has ever been like that, man. Yeah. Surfing is a lot of a rush too, and it's a, but it's more of a peaceful rush. The music one, it was like, God damn, dude, it's oh, crazy. Yeah. The way, man. I, mean, I feel you on the surf. Yeah. I mean, I don't surf, but like, yeah, it's, but for me, it's similar. Surf. It's similar to playing golf. Like, it's just a very zen, like, peaceful place. But when you're in the zone and you're just playing oh, lights out, yeah, there's dude. no like that and the feeling is, is like roaring. That and feeling like, is like no other. But it's God. different from being on stage, and that that rush is just fucking yeah. It's like, great. when you're like right, dude, it's like I'd always got more confident, and comfortable going forward in my music career, and then like. Still, when I was like playing bigger shows, and we were doing bigger shows, and I was more confident and great, I still would get a little nervous before, like when you're in the green room, you know, when you're backstage, right before you're set. Like, I didn't even like to be in the venue too early, like go for a sound check and get the fuck out. I didn't like to yeah. be there too close for my set. But it wasn't like a bad, it was like a healthy anxiety. Like, I was like, can't wait. It's like a kid waiting to rip open Christmas presents or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I couldn't wait to get out on that stage, but I would just get a little anxious and shit. And then, God, as soon as you walk out, out there though it just goes right away the anxiety yeah. goes right away and you're like a fucking dominating See, for monster. me it depended on the room like there were yeah. certain rooms i'd walk into if i didn't feel comfortable in the space i would i would carry the anxiety with me through the show i wish cbd oil was available <laughs> because that shit i would have been like taking shots of it before we went i on stage. am it. i got some but, in the fridge if you need some i got some in my pocket of course but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like the roxy dude anytime i walked on stage at the roxy that place was that was a special a special room that every time we play there, it was rock solid. What? The show was always dope. And I don't know, I just felt different there. What made a room more comfortable or less comfortable for you? Like, what are some of the things that made it stressful or just peaceful? Uh, obviously, the sound system, you know, the, the how it sounds on stage, especially as a drummer and what we were doing, it's that was a huge part of it. But even just like the, the space, the size of the room, the 
the way it was set up for me, I, I don't know. I just took into account everything, but I'm, I'm in my head way too much about everything. So <laughs> was that your role in the band? Were you like in Audible? Were you like the kind of dude who was like that dude? Or did you carry a lot of extra responsibilities that made you think about all these things? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I feel like I was a big part of, I mean, in terms of like the business side, like the management side of that band, there were like two or three of us that handled mostly everything. So I felt a lot of responsibility and a lot of weight on top of playing drums and on top of bringing my A game performance wise. Yeah, we make Johnny's sure we one hell of a drummer. You guys, he's it's one been, hell it's of a been a long time since I played a drum kit though. It's like embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, if I had one, I'd let you jam. I don't. I have any fairness to you? I haven't played guitar in a minute, dude. I've been, I've been yes. trying to do other shit. Yeah, I mean that's really talking on here with you motherfuckers and hosting radio shows. Yeah, dude, you're back in school, back to school like fucking Thurman Mellon. What's the what's riding danger? Thurman Munson. Thurman Munson. Isn't it Munson? Mellon. No, Thornton Mellon. T Mellon. Motherfucking back to school riding danger. Munson is uh, the bowling movie Kingpin. Oh, maybe that's yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're like back to school, baby. What? You're back to school for music shit, right? Yeah, it's music supervision for film and TV. And it's not, it's not to get a master's degree. You, you no, don't there's care. no cre- there's no credit involved. This is it's just to simply what? to expand my my knowledge and just to keep my brain working and stimulated in a lot of ways. But at, at the same time, like my current job, I work in in film trailers, and we lo- we have a catalog of music that we represent, and we license out music and sound design. And there's a lot of music supervision that goes into what we do, and I want to kind of hone in on that a little bit. And just learn more about it. So I'm just going to, I'm taking a class to learn more about it. The quest for knowledge, dude. The thirst and is And how real. dope would it be to just like pick music for like an HBO show? Yeah, that, HBO I want to do that, dude. And I mean, yeah, that's like, not even my profession. I mean, there's, a, there's a deep process behind all that, but like to be able to pick that music and I don't know, that, that's a create, that's a creative outlet. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I, I'm just exploring everything that I possibly can. And if opportunities present themselves at one point, I would jump all over it. Yeah, I I mean, God damn, that sounds fun. Now I want to do. I want to score some motherfucking movies. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's an interesting class. It's, it's a really interesting class. Just going back to school. It's it's weird because I haven't been in school in. A it's long hard too, time. man. You go back to school in your thirties or some shit, man. If if like say, I'm sure if people went to college and they kept going to their like grad schools or whatever, it's. I mean, I'm sure. I know it's hard, but I think you're still in the zone, so you're, it's not as hard. But if you like left that kind of realm for ten fucking plus years, especially as a musician, and then you have to come back to that structure, yeah. it's gotta be goddamn it's tough. It's different though. Like people have always said when they go back to like your masters or whatever, school is different. And I'm experienced. This is by by no means just getting a master's degree, but. When you take classes or you focus on things that you're specifically trying to do, it's not the same as taking some bullshit like astronomy class for Fuck extra astronomy, credit. yo. You know? <laughs> astronomy is mad corny, son. Some bullshit classes that you don't care about. Like, yeah. But when you're going to school for something that you care about, it's not the same true. As, as what it was. True. That's true. You're more passionate about it. And it's not, I mean, this class, there's not a whole lot of homework there's not like i'm not have to write papers and take tests you <laughs> what a scam school is when you're a kid okay we're gonna make you go to this place all day and do work and then you're gonna go home and we're gonna make you work at home yeah. what a scam <laughs> take all these classes that matter zero Yo, zero you know what i always thought they should have teached in, in or taught teached jesus jake terry edit that out terry. you know what i thought they would have Taught. I'm glad to see Terry came with you from Rush and Souvenirs to Damage oh, yeah. Goods. Oh, it's called a promotion. He holds it down. Yeah. And the new studio space, man. Thank I gotta you. say. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Top level. Thank you, Johnny. Um, I thought they should have taught you how to do your taxes. Dude, I completely agree with okay, you. Okay, well, all this math that you taught me that I only need unless I'm going to work for NASA, which chances are fucking zero. Uh, you know, yeah. Taxes. Teach, teach people to be a human. How to balance in a checkbook. Yeah. I thought that class, that never existed when you and I were young. Home ec. I think that was more in like the 70s and shit. 80s, 60s maybe. Home ec. And I was, you should teach motherfuckers how to like do stuff around the house. How to how to relight your pilot light in your heater, dude. How yeah. to like fucking do cooking and sew some shit. How to fit, change a car tire, dude. Yeah. How to jumpstart a car. Agree. A car tire, change a tire. I don't know shit, how to start a fire. Why did I learn how to start a fire in school? I'm so jealous of all y'all that can start fires. All you survivor men. Start a fire. It's not that hard. I mean, I can start a fire, but I mean like a safe way in the jungle in the woods, not like burning somebody's house. But <laughs> I feel you though, dude. I, I think that it's applicable school doesn't shit. You set you taught. up to like su- survive and succeed in life as a human being. There's a lot of look. I'm all about literature and reading because I really do believe that enriches your mind in a lot of ways. It expands your vocabulary. But there's some shit that there's things that te- like. 
there's history that they don't teach you that I think they should. You know, they they stop teaching that in U.S. history usually after World War II. They never get anywhere past that. I don't know. There's just certain things I think you could really benefit from that are very applicable, and they don't use them, and they yeah. give you all this bullshit that you never like fucking use. What anometry? Yeah. Exactly. Why, why I don't do even know that? what it why is. Why can't we learn to balance a checkbook? And it's like, yeah, that's just hard as hell. Yeah, I agree, dude. I, agree. I don't know, man. It's funny. I don't know. Vote for Jake the Snake and John George uh, 2020. Psych. <laughs> Yeah, I would I never know. want that burn. I don't want that. Job. Yeah, I just, talk about uh, mental health. Fuck, dude. Yeah, dude. Nah, man. I, I'm stressed out as it is, baby. I gotta <laughs> keep it cool, man. I. What else are you doing for like? You're like, I know you would just because one goes through depressive states doesn't always mean they like get stressed or have a constant level of stress. Do you? Constant stress. Yeah, no. like not constant. But yeah, you seem like a pretty cool cat. I like to think I'm a pretty cool cat. Cucumber, baby. Cool as a cucumber. Cool as the other side of the pillow. Yes, sir. Um, but I mean. Do you, when you do have like your little stressful moments, what do you, what do you do? Now I try to just like sit in them. I'll, like literally I'll meditate on a, on a stressful moment. I'll, if I go to, if I feel like I'm in a dark spot, I, I actually embrace the dark. Embrace it. Yeah, I do. Go, man. I welcome go, it go in. Like, the a cup of tea. I really bring it in uh, and just like sit with it, breathe with it for a little while. And then, you know, eventually it'll go away. Yeah. That's, it's funny. There's like, all different things like the breathing one which is like the 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 most like should be the most common simple thing to do is just chill and take a lot of deep breaths is the one i tend to like forget about the fastest i do i never usually do it but it does it works so crazy it if you does. just cuz not only that it kind of forces you to meditate cuz you're thinking about in and out and you're like having like count it almost and you can't think about whatever anything else on your mind so that really actually helps a lot, but just tend not to do it. Well, it almost comes back to the, what you talked about earlier in resistance. It's like if you force it away and you resist it, yeah. it only makes the situation worse. But if you just welcome it in, embrace mm -hmm. it. That's like going back to what you were saying. See how I tied what you tied in? <laughs> going back to what you were saying about the ayahuasca thing and your shaman saying, you know, you can't fight it. You got to let it brace it. And one of the things with that shit is like my boy told me like it was different than acid or mushrooms or, 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 or all these other how hallucinogens I had done, he's like, you know, you can try to master those and stay on proper of your shit. Don't try to fight this. Let it do what it's going to do. Just yeah. let it take you where it's going to take you. Sometimes it's going to hurt. And uh, that's how you get the most benefit out of it. Sometimes when you fight fight shit, it just makes it worse. Yeah, I agree. It's like getting, I mean, I don't, do you have any tattoos? Yeah. Okay. Three. Yeah. So when you get a tattoo, like, man, I remember like when I was younger, like, you got to tense up and you don't uh, try to fight through it and that shit hurts. You got to just relax. Just yeah. let that needle get into it. And it, stings, it still hurts for a little while. Then it starts to hurt a lot less because you just kind of give in, but you, you, you got to yeah. breathe. You forget the motherfuckers forget to breathe. I'll be working yeah, out yeah. and I forget to breathe sometimes doing oh, pull-ups and shit. Got to breathe. That's how you get through the rest. Fabulous. Fabulous. I mean, also playing. Rapper. Breathe. Excuse me. Playing instruments. Fabulous. If you play drums and you're super tense, yeah, you gotta, you gotta just let your singing music out. is all breathing, like yeah. fucking doing this shit is breathing, surfing, everything is like. Relax. And there's times when just I tense relax. up, you know, you tense up. I'm like, why am I tense up? Just breathing helps. Then tattooing, like, you gotta breathe mad hard, like deep. That shit'll keep you relaxed. It's true. And mad people like when they meditate. People talk about meditation like I suck at meditating. What people don't realize is that there's no there's no such thing as sucking at it. Yeah. It's like everyone's mind races you try to focus on your breathing and then your mind just yeah. wanders like that's because you're a human being that's what that's what happens uh. it's just a matter of like catching yourself at that moment bring it back to the breath and then let your mind wander again it doesn't matter there's no there's no such thing as bad meditation did you when you during your ayahuasca ceremonies at all did you guys ever do any like meditation moments where it was quiet no singing or nothing maybe like a guided meditation maybe the shaman's talking or you're just kind of in there like zoned out with your eyes closed yeah, yeah there were there were a couple moments like that this one I just went to, man, this this dude, Padrino Paulo, he came from Brazil. He's kind of like a OG. <laughs> you know, that's not the word they would prefer me to use for him, but he's like an ill dude. Is this and a I, normal place that you all This is a normal place I go to in California, in LA. But this dude, he I went to one, he came to like two years ago. And my boy who got me in there, he's like, oh, you got to go. That dude shit's so powerful. And it was like one of the most powerful experiences ever. And, and I went again because I wanted to be there for him and we did like, I think three different times in the course of an eight hour ceremony we'd have these like half hour long meditations they call them a concentration where you know the music stops you, everyone you're supposed to sit in your seat this is usually where the medicine's not hitting you where you're like oh laid out or earling or nothing or pooping or nothing 
<laughs> Everyone's so scared of the fucking poop with ayahuasca. You don't shit your pants. No. I'm sure it's happened. But anyway, you're sitting there in your chairs and you're able to be in that space. For some reason, this is just the way it times out, the way they run the ceremony. And he does this guided meditation. And man, it is like, they always do guided meditations, but this one dude is so powerful with it. It's like what he's saying you're seeing it manifest in your head right then, and it's connecting exactly what your intentions were that you were going there for. Because mm. every time you go, you have different intentions. You're looking for different healing and different perspectives. And it's like what he's saying is like literally what you were like thinking about. Oh, I don't know, man. It sounds like some crazy mind readership, but this dude shit was so powerful. And it's like the the only time that I've been. I would say good at meditation, although I, I guess I'm just, you know, like you said, you know, you can't suck at it. But it was easy for me to be there, like quiet in the space, sitting straight in my chair and just like really just focusing, uh, focusing on these things. And you're on this fucking giant hallucinogenic fucking medicine, but you're not going all over the place, which you will in the other parts of it. But you're like, I was really able to focus just on these one things and that he was talking about. And it was like so peaceful. Yeah. And then, you know, the 30 minutes are up and everyone opens their eyes and maybe they put some lights back on, boom, starts singing in Portuguese again and bring the guitars out. But it's good yeah. meditation, good meditation. Do you, uh, do you have a meditation practice outside of those No, ceremonies? dude, and you know what, man? Like, my girl does it, my, my friends do, and people are always surprised that I don't. I do have little moments I'm where I'll sit. I know, and it, I always have never been good at it because my mind races like insane. I have crazy things that come in there. But when I do that, I meditate. In surfing, I meditate kind of. I'm like out yeah. there alone a lot and just zoned out and focused and clearing my head. But nah, I need, what do you do? What do you do for yours? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I, I switch it up. Sometimes I'll just do like a completely silent thing. Like I'll set a timer, like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And I'll sit there in silence. And for like the first half, I'll try to focus on my breath in and out, in and out. Yeah, you are Russell Simmons with it and shit. You're but uh, my mind wanders. Like just, just to be completely clear, like my mind wanders, but it's a matter of like just catching in and coming back to the breath. And then sometimes I'll I'll do like a mantra in my head of like you know I'm trying to I'm trying to bring some positivity to my life. So I yeah I'll, I'll recite mantras and whatnot. And sometimes I'll do a guided meditation where someone's talking to me. Where do you go for the guided ones? I like I'll just do an oh, app. Like it's just a oh you gotta put me onto these apps. Ter <clears throat> write these down. <clears throat> oh no, you know well. Do it after. Excuse me, I'm only choking on my own fucking breath over here. I'm only dying <laughs> on my own breath. I'm not even smoking or eating dates anymore. That was just me choking. But you got to show me those apps. I will, dude. I, will. I found Happily. maybe it's because other times I, I've gone to like yoga, meditative yoga classes and other things. And like I always struggle with the ones with nothing. But but like the, the guided yeah the silent. guided ones especially you know I think I could probably do it with any I went to um with Adam tying it back to our friend Adam Amengual photographer yeah. podcast alum good friend of both of ours I went to these Dharma talks with him once uh, that he goes to often and it was kind of like a guided meditation it was really good it was really beautiful and helpful for me and it was the same way these ayahuasca concentrations are these these meditative times where it is guided and I I, I do well with that for some reason. Yeah, I've not. Adam's actually invited me to the Dharma talks, and I've not made really it happen. Awesome. I, I need to make that happen. Go, Adam, I, if you're I, listening, holler at your boy. Yeah, I'm down. Uh, you know what? I'll holler at him again because I really kind of want to go back with him again another time. So we should go together yeah, sometime. Should, we Come make, make and we usually he usually goes out on the west side. When I think we just that's Santa the thing. Monica. It's like a, the time of day or that he goes. Yeah, it's nighttime like, though. You ain't, well, I went at nighttime. But coming across town, I it's just like eight o'clock. Still pretty brutal. I don't know. Depends on the night. We'll make it happen. Yo, California, man. Let Elon Musk build a motherfucking underground tunnel so we can travel from yeah, places like Echo Park to fucking Santa Monica with slightly more ease, man. Damn, dude. Please. Let the man work some traffic magic, dude. He's Do us a solid. Seriously. Well, he's got, like, he was talking about all that shit. And, and you know, just to, to solve the traffic problem in L.A., um, I would love that. It took me an hour to get here tonight, man. God, I'm sorry. Yes, I know, Johnny. God, he just won't let me. That? Have I he mentioned said it like him? five times. I get it. I, I owe you a Silver Lake visit. Okay. Sometimes I come over to your house at like two in the morning, man, drinking and partying with girls and friends yes. and shit. We've had good times, man. I've been chilling, though. I haven't been partying or drinking lately, and I just really haven't wanted to go out. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah, I, I feel you. I've been in the same boat. Yeah, and I, I've gotten this creative bug again, and so I've been like podcasting a lot and, 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 um, Doing the show, radio show a lot, Rainy Real, Fridays on Dash Radio, Dash Radio Channel, Native Rhymes, my girl DJ Beans. Uh, Check it out. Little plug right there. Um, but like, I've been having the creative itch, or more like the itch to like, 
cook a cool meal, which is creative and med- very, that's very meditative for me because totally. I can't take my attention off it because I, I mean, I fucked up some salmon recently, some nice sockeye salmon, and I was fucking pissed. What in your mind is fucking up? It didn't taste it's good. It sucked. Like and the thing is, overcooked, it was dry or what? Nah, it, man, I, 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 would, I was really lazy when I went to cook it, and I usually make this sauce a certain way, and I decided to kind of be lazy with the way I did the sauce. And my girl, she'll keep it ugh, way too real with me. Like, my girl is a sweet, lovely girl. She don't listen to this podcast. You don't listen to this, so I can just talk my shit, baby. But <laughs> she, she's real blunt with it, right? And of course, if God forbid I was this blunt back, it would be a war. But so she, you know, she's like, you should have done the sauce the way you normally do. I was like, yeah, I fucking know, Sherlock. It tastes <laughs> like shit. I get it. It wasn't dry. It wasn't as crispy as I would have liked. Okay. Salmon, I like to get a little crispy on the skin. And the sauce, it, like, the way you, I should have done it makes it really flavorful and it was just dry it did not dry but like like lame the flight the flavor was really s- subtle did you put it in the oven or on stovetop um i did the salmon on the motherfucking in the oven this time and i usually do but it just didn't crisp up well this is a new i got a new stove new oven shout out to my fucking landlord <laughs> uh it's nice yeah it is steel. it's great but i don't know maybe i just uh overestimated the oven and i was bummed you know but i wasn't focused that was the point i wasn't in there and like cooking you gotta focus you fuck up a meal you ain't trying to fuck up a $30 piece of halibut or whatever you know so uh, I like it because I zone out I usually put on music I'll even put on a podcast not a serious one not like a history knowledgeable one more like a comedy one yeah yeah comedy one which I can zone out but I love it man because I'm in the zone and my girl like ask if she can help because she cooks too sometimes we cook together but I kind of like either let you cook or me because then I can cook alone I'm like totally in my zone and I don't have to get out of it to be like okay yo I need you to chop these fucking shallots real quick for me or boom boom check on the, the asparagus you know what I mean I like that. Although, uh, you know, or when she cooks, she cooks, I'll do the motherfucking dishes or whatever, you know? But yeah, I like the I meditation aspect of cooking. I feel you. I mean, I, I living alone and being a single gentleman at this current time. Holla, ladies. It's hard to, it's hard to cook for yourself because then you have leftovers for days. Bro, I'm bad at, no, I'm I bad got at you. Portion, Dog, I've shit. got you. I, I was a bachelor for so long. I know how to cook incredibly well for one. And if you want to be the guy who cooks for one but has leftovers that are appropriate just for the next day, I can teach you how to yeah. cook like that. I'll show you Listen, some healthy yeah, we ways have to a do chat. it. There's a way to do it. There's a way to shop for that, and there's a way to cook for that. All right. Man, I got all these tips in the kitchen, man. This is a deeper conversation, Snake Man. This is deeper. Is this more deeper than being depressed and taking hallucinogenic <laughs> liquids? <laughs> God, ayahuasca tastes like poop. I sorry, I didn't, it tastes no, it doesn't taste like poop. It tastes like dirt, earth. Yeah, it's pretty fucking nasty. God damn! But if you can drink shot of fucking Jack Daniels or whatever the fuck, you can do this. You'll probably feel better after too. You know what was funny, dude? I hadn't drank in a few weeks, and uh, I had a, someone give me a glass of cognac the other day, and I hadn't like I haven't had any booze, and I usually drink cognac straight, and I I just had a sip, and I was like, wow, this is, whoo. Take a few weeks off. This shit is strong, straight. Like I, I'm not gonna be able to drink this whole glass. I had to like, yeah. you, know, you should put some of this back. Is you know because oh, your body finally cleared itself of all anything that was in your yeah. system, and then you took it again. Yeah, it's funny. It's like Shocking. you want to do substances, you got to do them more frequently. You take time off, you get fucked up in the game. I know. I'm I'm scared because I haven't had re- this. Like I said, this beer is the first. You gonna be able to drive home off that one hazy I, IPA? I hope so, dude. We're about to find <laughs> Johnny out. Johnny comes through, and I, you know, I I don't drink beer. You guys know I make these rants all the time. Whatever. I, if I do, it's like a chill ass Mexican beer, some Guinness, some shit. My man was over. He's a fucking beer dude. He crashed. He was in town from Texas for a couple days. He crashed. He got these hazy IPAs. I do like the name hazy but they just gonna sit in my fucking fridge so i offer a beverage to a guest or a friend when they come over whatever they want johnny decided to crack this one open and i do know the ipas are a stronger beer content so i hope this one beer doesn't send you off the rails and you can't I hope drive so too. i need it though i'm going do on you want me to call you an uber I, nah, i'm good dude <laughs> where are you going out. you can't tell us i'm going to uh so a bunch of college friends we all do like a dude trip once a year oh. just to like it sounds just like all a movie. Together. You're like the Bradley Cooper to group. Yeah, we went to Austin, Texas last year. Fucking Austin's love, a great love, place. Love that place. Uh, this year, I don't know exactly why we're going to St. Pete, Saint Florida, St. Petersburg. Oh, have you Florida. ever been there? Basically, Tampa. Yeah, I've been there before. Have you I've ever not been, been. What time of the year are you going? Next week, spring break. I don't know. President's don't know. Day weekend, whatever uh, that is. Yeah, it's all right. Sorry, It's just gonna be. Yeah, you it's know, gonna be fun. You're just gonna hang out with your boys. And I haven't really drank since. You New better, Year's, you so. better warm up, dude. That's why I'm. If you want to go, right when now. are you leaving? When are you leaving? Tell me when you're leaving. I leave uh, Friday. 
A week from Friday. Okay, so we got to go get fucked up one of these nights. I'll go off the wagon for a night, and that way we can, I can dabble in the dark side a little bit, and then you can kind of get prepped. We're going to get crazy. But not too crazy, because I'm a not little rookie. Crazy. Yeah, don't worry. I mean, I'm, part of the reason why I'm- Charlie looked at me like, not too crazy. I can't. <laughs> I'm rusty too, bro. I'm yeah, rusty I too. It. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm sick of waking up the next morning feeling like shit, because then that sends, yeah. your, that sends your mind yeah, yeah. to a dark place. And, and it sends me into like, I'm a lazy motherfucker, so now I don't want to eat. I mean, I don't cook. I don't want to work out. So, uh, yeah, and I'm going to order food. And what am I going to order? I'm probably not going to order like a nice kale salad and shit. I'm going to get some postmates so, like dry as fuck by the time. And it's going to be expensive and it's going to be heavy. It's going to be heavy shit I won't already eat. So it does send me this bad cycle. Uh, you become unhealthy because A, you put bullshit poison in you. B, you ain't working out. And C, now you're eating more nasty shit. It's rough. And that's why we can't go too hard and we only do it once. Right, I can't go deal. on these benders, man. No more benders. Yeah, no more. Too old for that bender shit. I, went, I did a three day bender with my man D when he was here from Hong Kong before New Year's. Yo, I went on such a bender guys, I didn't even go to New you Year's. Guys, you you scratched off one of my bucket list things when what, your boy the Dave Chappelle was here. shit? No, the fucking floor seats oh, the and NBA side at the Lakers. Nobody in front of you but nah, the players. Yeah, yeah, we was right there. Dude, no one in front of you but the players. That for me Yo, is a bucket my list. My man Dima is, is a G. I love you, bro. Uh, if you're listening, you might not. D, D, my boy Dima came from Hong Kong. He brings me and my girl to this Dave Chappelle, John Mayer pop up in Hollywood, private party, all sold I didn't out. Know about that. Nobody cool. knew about that. And then, so we're, dude, he brought the table right close to the stage, so like Dave Chappelle and John Mayer, like at arm's length. I gotta grab Holy these motherfuckers shit. up. They're going, they each did an hour set each, then they get on stage and do two hours just off the head. Dave's smoking up there. My boy's buying all these big bottles. He's like, Snake, pick, I gotta spend all this money here. Pick a bottle. I picked like a, a, a Remy Martin XO bottle, drank it to the face. I didn't do any other drugs or anything to straighten me out. I was sloppy drunk. My girl got, we got all types of fucked up. Then the next night I go to the motherfucking Lakers game with this full court side and we fucking have a blast there and we're partying backstage with these dudes and then we end up going to some Beverly Hills rooftop club with mad NBA dudes I don't even know the name of this club and then wow. we end up in like Downey and we in, in the middle of the night some crazy uh, Mexican bar Downey. after yo dude we were getting wild we're in Downey at some Mexican bar after hours crazy shady spot you went courtside Lakers to Downey yo bro we was in the spectrum of all <laughs> things I mean we get wild my man party's crazy and then we wild out, and then the next day, after two days, I'm dying. And then he hits me up, my girl up, and he's like, "Yo, come to the, this club in L.A., Delilah, which I think Drake owns." He's like, "I get a table where like the Drake's across the table from us at his own table, and all these other NBA dudes are in there. My man's running around taking pics, and we just getting drunk. And then we leave there after the club and go to an after-hour strip club that we're drinking illegally at, and just just like three-day bender. And then it comes New Year's, it's two days later, me and my girl both all types of hurting, and we're like, "Yo, ain't shit popping in L.A. for New Year's. It's gonna top." those last three nights like fuck it we're gonna stay in the nah, crib LA and New Year's sucks I mean New Year's in general like yeah, I, I, it, I, it's gotta be something real fun or most of my friends weren't even in town so it's like unless it's like homies and homegirls chilling or some really ill shit I'm good I just went out three nights in a row balling big baller style you thank you Dima I love that. you brother and like yeah. dude we were doing shit that you see in rap videos and shit and so how the fuck am I gonna go out on New Year's man and I've kind of been chill since then I've only partied once since December 29th I don't blame you like drank. I just don't want to drink. I don't want to feel like shit. Dude, I mean, three days. When you're 36, going hard for three days is hard. When you're 35, you can still go crazy. But as soon as you hit 36, like I did, you can't do three days in a row. You fucking want to die. Amen. Amen. Let's go get fucked up. <laughs> 